If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, voting isn't just going to the polls on election day anymore. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drops are available to more voters, and they're growing in popularity. How to Vote is a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where you want to vote. Some things you can do with How to Vote voter tool, you can sign up for elections, you can see what's on the ballot, you can get step-by-step assistance requesting your mail ballot. You can explore your options for returning your voted mail ballot, check your voter registration, find voting sites, and make sure you have appropriate ID. Decide when and where you want to vote this year at howto.vote. Hey guys, it is time for another episode of Reggie's Expressions. And I just want to tell everybody thank you so much for you know, posting, sharing, liking, and everything possible with the podcast has been doing extremely well. So I thank you for that. You guys know where you can find me, Spotify, uh, Google, and Google, I'm sorry, and uh, Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is search for Reggie's Expressions um, in any of those search engines and you'll be able to find me. This was an amazing conversation that I had with a young man by the name of Jason Walker. Um, he was a friend of my best friend, Darlena, and he's just an amazing person. So I want you guys to listen. Um, uh, it is a really amazing episode. I think he bodied it and I just enjoyed the conversation that we had. So go ahead and take a listen and, uh, thank you for subscribing and enjoy the episode. What's up, guys? Uh, as I said, I do have my buddy Jason uh, Walker here. Um, uh, I did talk a little bit about how we met. Uh, we met uh, through a mutual friend who unfortunately passed away. Um, awesome girl, awesome young lady, and uh, really sweet. She did in death what she does in life, which is connect people together who wouldn't normally. That was one of the things that I absolutely loved about her. So, um, Jason, uh, tell me a little bit about how you and uh, Darlena met. Yes. So we met a couple, like five years ago um, through a mutual friend of ours, Patrice. She's a, um, we, we were classmates. We went to school together at Rivertown School of Beauty and Barbers. She was obviously on the beauty side. I was on the barber side. Mm-hmm. Um, so my name kind of came up and was floating throughout the school. So, um, Patrice introduced me and Darlena one day when she wanted, um, she told me she had a friend that needed her haircut and she recommended me um, because she knew I was good with the designs and all that. (laughs) So she came in and, um, you know, she said uh, she wanted to have her hair cut off, which was, you know, I've had that before, Mm -hmm. but her confidence kind of, you know, it took me. So I um, I cut the hair off her off, put a nice design in it. And she loved it. Wow. And, you know, that's when I figured out, well, during that process, I found out that she was a stylist herself. 
Uh-huh. And she wasn't just uh, an average stylist. She was a traveling stylist. She mm-hmm. worked on movie films and things like that. And it was short, sort of a nature of what I wanted to do. You know, might not be in the specific aspect of what I wanted to do, right, but right, right. definitely at the level that I wanted to do it at. Okay. So, you know, she was impressed. She, um, she was a returning client. She came back three, four, or five times or whatever. And, um, you know, she started branching out opportunities and giving me branches of opportunities that I wasn't presented with before. Wow. And when she did that, you know, my my appreciation for her went to another level. It was like a deep friendship love because she was giving me the thing to make me myself that I was striving to be. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wow, she's just on a whole nother level of inspiration, a whole nother level of motivation. It's just, wow. So, yes, even though, you know, we weren't lifetime friends, the impact that she had on a short amount of time is just godlike. Right, right. It is. It is. That's amazing. That's a, that's an awesome story. I didn't I didn't know that. I wasn't uh, aware of that story. I mean, I I knew you in passing. You know, um, just some of the stuff that she would post. You know, with some of the, you know, things that she did. And you know, Darlene, I loved about it. She was, uh, she was really a job creator, and she believed in anything that you ever wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. Especially for the area of Columbus that you guys live in, and you know some of the yeah. works that you guys work with with Thai Man and um, Thai Mans and. You know, uh, a few other people. I saw you uh, cut out. What, what's his name? Richard. Uh, is it Rickard? Richard? Richard. Richard. Yeah, him. Yeah. And uh, I saw that and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, he's doing his thing. So that was uh, interesting to see. And she used to always like whenever she was on the movie set, uh, I think with uh, the one that you guys did with uh, Keisha Knight Pullum. And um, she got her to yeah. do. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that was uh, my brother's keeper. Right. Yeah, yeah. She got her to do on um, that uh, shoot. She got them to tell me happy birthday. This was like three years ago. Yeah. So, you know, um, she all and I don't know if you did you do white water with her? Um, No, I think that was before. Okay. Whitewater, she did a, a premiere and she was like, one thing about Darlene is uh, she was always like, it would be like two days before the premiere and like I'm knee deep in work. I'm like, Darlene, I, I can't, I can't go right now. I would love to go with you, but I mean, you know, and that's just the kind of person she was like, well, why not? You know, she was always right. like, why not? You know, and um, she was just amazing with the time that she had and, uh, you know, um, because of her friendship with um, you know, you, that made me feel like I needed to, you know, uh, uh, check out what you were doing because if she liked you, then I know for a fact I would too. Um, right. And, you know, so far I have. Like, I'll tell you one thing about Jason. Jason, the one thing I absolutely love about him, number one, he's a, he's a young guy. And number two, he sells whatever he wants, right? He doesn't have any qualms about saying what he wants. And I love that, you know, that level of confidence that I see you know, young folks have nowadays is because you need that, you know, especially with what's going on in this world. If you lay down and let people just dictate to you how you want your life to be done. Right. That's what's going to happen. And I like right. the fact that you, 
you're not traditional. Most guys that I know that are your age are talking about going to church. They talking about, you know, getting married, you know, having the fear of God in them and, and uh, you know, uh, treating a lady like a queen. Like, you do that too. But right. it's more or less like, hey, let's treat each other like people. You know what I'm saying? Rather right. than you being, you know, uh, put on a pedestal or whatever the case may be. But one of your most controversial topics that I absolutely love is <laughs> when you talk about religion. So, yeah. What's a little bit? Tell me a little bit about your views about religion and and where you stand on that spectrum. All right. So, like like most of us, we was raised in the church. Um, I was specifically raised in the Baptist church. Shout out to Blue Spring Baptist Church in Albany, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would shout out my church, but um, I don't like what they did to me. Ah, gotcha. So, Gotcha. <laughs> but yes, um, it was. So yes, we. Um, I grew up like most of us grew up. But one thing that I could not reconcile for the life of me mm-hmm. is the contradictions that we was presented with. Right. Um, and you know, like most people, I shrugged that off. Right. Like, right, oh, right. God works in mysterious ways. So. Right. I'll just leave that alone, whatever. So, growing up, you know, having the faith all the way up until I got into barber school. I was already a little shaky because I couldn't nail down the contradictions that was so important because I lived my life by these things. Right. And um, um, my barber instructor, Mr. Rainer, he he played something for us at barber school. Uh-huh. He just said, um, he played a video and said, you know, just take everything with a grain of salt. And on this video, it showed, it's, the name of the video, you can find it on YouTube, it's called The Plagiarism of the Bible. And on this video, <laughs> it lists all of the deities that pre-exist the Christianity that pre-exists the Bible mm-hmm. with the same storyline. It had Krishna, born of a virgin. Um, it had another God with had 12 disciples, was born on a virgin, rose on the third day. It had multiple. And it where you could go and research this. Right. And so I right. did the research and it it was true. And I was just like, whoa. Right. Right. So, me being a knowledge loving person, okay, I just got a whole database of knowledge that I had nothing that I knew nothing about. Right. So I went full head on, like, what is this? What is this? What right. is this? Right. Right. Ooh, I right. Know this. And so it led me down a um a lot of pathways, and it was not easy because, mm-hmm. of course, I am going against my inner, my core beliefs. Right. Right. Things that made me me. And right. so it was a process. It was mm-hmm. a process. But that process, um, it wouldn't have been possible without first seeking truth mm-hmm. instead of seeking what's comfortable mm-hmm. and what is to my liking. Mm-hmm. Because the truth doesn't care about how I feel or how other people feel. The truth only cares about what's true. And right. so that's what I went searching for. Right. So when right. I went on my journey, it was no longer mm-hmm. what's in the Bible. Right. It is, regardless of what the Bible say, 
can this be verified? Right. Can this be verified? Right. Because if it's true, then it's verifiable. I mean, right. if it's true, right. it's true. It should right. be able to be verified. So when the things that were supposed to be verified wasn't, mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, man, I might have to change my mind about this. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I have to change my mind about that. Mm-hmm. And what that did to me intellectually was it freed me from the bondage of I have to think that way. You better say freed me from that bondage. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. A lot of people need that. But it was like, oh my gosh, now I can judge people correctly. Now I can take out my own biases when I make judgments of anything. And then I can recognize when I have my own bias. Because all of us have biases that we don't know about is called right. implicit bias right and those right. implicit bias are like things you don't even know like i don't like him mm. and you don't know why right but there's a reason why right so i like to identify those so i can best decision and religion it just kind of ah i could go into how mm. it stops us as a people of coming together because mm. when we have a, a crisis that deserves unity we cannot come together because we're arguing about what God you believe in. What God you believe? Mm. Well, my God doesn't say that. Where right. your God doesn't do that. But yeah, that's God, true. That's true. Is this gonna stop us from killing? From us being killed unjustly? Right. Is this gonna stop people mm. from not having their human rights of freedom? Right. You know, right? Like religion is just—it does so much more harm than it does good. A lot of people they don't see that because we were taught by people who didn't even know better what Mm -hmm. they were teaching us that you are to love unconditionally which is a false ideal to love unconditionally that don't make no damn sense (laughs) how am I going to give my love without any conditions and potentially hurt myself Mm -hmm. and and open myself up to harm I mean we've all have been through that and we all know that is not a good feeling I, love, I, I mean, how many of us had had girlfriends or boyfriends or, and like, you are giving them your all when they're not even deserving of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it hurts you so bad. Right. So after those life experiences, you're like, hold on now. Mm-hmm. The Bible says do this. But in reality, I did it. And now I'm hurt because mm-hmm. I did that. So now we, it's like, okay, so that's not working. So now I got to switch something up. Mm-hmm. So now I got to put my protections in place so I can give love to those who deserve it and those who earn it. Um, there's a lot of things people can deserve and things that people would do where you take back love. Right. Like, oh, okay, you did that. Well, you don't deserve my love now. Mm-hmm. So religion has done so much to us, brother. And it's like, it I'm so impassionate about it because it's um it's the results that drive me right and if the results aren't correct then something has to be done something has to be done and uh mine is a little bit more lighthearted than that like you drive some shit like I I wasn't ready about the diatribes, I wasn't ready at all for all of that. But I will tell you this: this is this is really as far as I thought about it. You know, a few years ago when I was in the military, I kind of went on this journey too. And I, you know, it's like what you were talking about with core values and stuff like that. You know, and I went on a path like you in terms of seeking knowledge and um, 
I decided for, you know, a little bit that I wasn't going to, and I say for a little bit because it was literally like a week, that I wasn't going to, uh, you know, believe in God because of some of the um, the misconceptions and, you know, things that you were talking about. And uh, long story short, for me, I felt very empty not having to do something that, you know, that I had grown accustomed to, right? So. Right. You know, for me, it was like, all right, well, cool. You know, I tried that. That didn't work, you know, whatever. So I ain't really tripping about that. You know, I believe in God again. But, you know, for me, I look at it like this. And I said this to you uh, when we were talking a couple of days ago. Like, that Bible been out, what, 4,000 years? We see it. I think we figured about that long, you know, give or take. Okay, okay, 2,000 if we're going to be correct. You know what I'm saying? There ain't been nobody else that heard the word of the, the Lord, Father God. Ain't nobody updated, no information. Ain't no new junk came out since 2020. Like, I'm pretty sure the Bible didn't really account for 2020 to happen the way it did. You know, for us to still be following it in the way that we following it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, for me, it's, it's, I think it's, I think what you said in terms of it being like a core value and it made me comfortable with going back with it. I never thought about it like that. You know what I'm saying? In terms of, that's probably why I was like, all right, well, I tried that shit. Let me go on back to what I'm used to. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, right. but and, um, you bring up good you, points. When we, when we had talked the other day, um, when we had talked the other day, you said something and I couldn't, you said something that was, um, is very common. Uh, through people who are on the verge of leaving religion and not and they would say like you told me I would rather believe and find out that, that he's not real. not believe and right. be wrong right. that is a fallacy called and I want you to look this up and the people listening I want mm-hmm. y'all to look this up when people use that excuse it's called Pascal's Wager mm-hmm. and Pascal's Wager is basically says what you said um it's better to believe and be wrong or it's better to believe and find out that you're wrong than to not believe and find out you know Mm -hmm. and so what a lot of people don't put in the stock is well what if the muslims are right what if the hindus are right what if the scientologists are right Mm -hmm. like we want to and it's um that's where the biases comes in it's like well if if mine's not right, then it's all wrong. Mm-hmm. But we never think about the other people's side. Do I want to end up in a Muslim hell if the Christian hell isn't real? Right, <laughs> that's know? true. I, I've I never, it. ever, ever considered that. that right, that's amazing right. thing. So I've never... Like, we have viewpoints that we just... It's like, it's just this. It's just this. But I love to learn from all of them. I learn, oh my gosh, brother... It's mm-hmm. so much that we can get. Now, I'm not saying that all religion is bad. I think it's bad for us as a code to live by. Right. But there are good things in religion. But there are also bad things. And if there are... If you have something to live by that have good things and bad things in it, then it's best not to use that thing because you could use the bad things at the wrong time. Right. It's good to keep the good stuff. But if, if, if I am deciding the life that I'm going to live based off a of flipped coin mm-hmm. and hopefully it lands on the right side, right. that's not a good way to decide how to live your life or what's true or what's not true. Right. So it's like, 
when I study all these religions, I bring the good out of them, but they have to be fact. Mm-hmm. I can't just say, you know, um, are you sure you're not a theology major? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not a. I'm not a major. I'm mm-hmm. not a major or nothing. But I am just passionate about the things that I did not right, know. About right, 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 right. To know, mm-hmm. and it's. I don't know. I, and I can tell you're very passionate about it. I, I think that that's one of the things that I, I like about, you know, because you you obviously got the knowledge behind the reason why you feel that way. A lot of us and, I, you know, myself included, you know, will typically have that implicit bias that you were saying and, and you know, look at that and be like, well, you know, we we use that as kind of like, you know, pigeonholes, you know, or what do they call the blinders to not be able right, to consider, right. uh, consider other thoughts. But. Um, and I don't look at what you're saying at all in terms of bashing religion, you know, in, in any way, shape or form. I think that what you're doing is you're creating conversations that should be had um, based around if it's something that you're going to base your life on and follow. You got to be able to understand like the complexities behind what it is. Right. And um, I think you and I kind of got to the idea that. For me, I, I I believe that I believe in I believe that I'm more spiritual than you know than anything. I believe that you know there's a higher power. Whether you know, and and as much as I could say, um, you know, in terms of believing in my God, I do believe that there's a a power. But in terms of seeking knowledge through the Bible, and maybe it's just laziness on my part. Who knows? I don't look at that as my way of trying to. You know, like the to me, the the idea of of you got spirituality, which I think is more or less of what you're talking about, the end goal. Right. Um, And then I think you have religion, which is the man made construction of spirituality. You know, the 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 Ten Commandments, the, you know, um, Leviticus 16 through 20 and so on and so forth that we live by and we base our you know stories on. But, you know, you know, the definition of religion. Tell me. The definition of religion is to bind, to hold back, mm-hmm. and to cut off mm-hmm. from other faces. I can see that. Yes, yeah, so you, you can look this up. So even the word implies mm-hmm. a control aspect. But even I can. The word itself. But so I can see that even. Spirituality. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go no, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so spirituality, which I do agree with you, spirituality to me is a freedom yeah. of mm-hmm. of everything, a freedom mm-hmm. to search anywhere mm-hmm. for knowledge and to right. gain knowledge anywhere. Right. Religion, no, no, no! Don't you, right. don't you, uh, don't you learn about that God? Right. I will burn you forever. Right, right. And you better obey me, and I'm gonna kill you. And I love you at the same time. And then and I want your money. And then I was going to say this in terms of, you know, I, I get that a lot when it comes to And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I'm not really into the religious aspect of it is my sexuality. You know, just growing up and, you know, being told that I was, you know, going to hell and, you know, people seeing and seeing things in me that I might not have known and, and forcing me to kind of have to deal with that a lot sooner than what I would have. Um, I think that that's more or less the reason why I don't necessarily have a church home or either, you know, go into, you know, uh, uh, posting scriptures and and telling everybody this is the the ordained way to to have a conversation or just live life. So, um, you know, but I think also religion has a tendency to 
um, place guilt on us too. Like I feel like, you know, with some of the stuff that goes on, you know, it makes us feel guilty about just living life and doing things that we, you know, normally do. Like for example, being gay, you know, for, for me, even though I've been out and, you know, living my life for a while, I still sometimes will have that, you know, that inner turmoil, you know, where I'm like, maybe this is wrong. And this is the reason why things are, I'm always looking for the absolution, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I sometimes wonder if I allow myself to live life as freely as I would like, how, what would that look like for me? You know what I'm right. saying? With not having that um, that uh, uh, bias, as you would say, or having that 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 pressure of trying to right. live it right. You know, so right. um, I appreciate that because, like I said, I wasn't ready for that. So um, I do want to talk about too, because you also talk about the black community, and you know, you also put put out some things out there in terms of just knowledge. Um, of things that we could do better, things that we could, you know, that we need to focus on, and also your uh, quest for knowledge um, in terms of uplifting uplifting us as a people. Right. What is really your motivation behind seeing us do better? Because a lot of us, you know, me until a few years ago, were very like, well, this is my own journey, so I don't really care about nobody else. So as long as my journey is good... I don't give a fuck about Keisha and her journey, you know. What what's something that that um that motivates you in terms of, you know, uh uplifting us in the way that you do? Um like I say it, it Okay. So yeah, it goes back to results and what works and what doesn't work and what we have seen well what I do is I go look for examples of what has worked for us. Mm-hmm. And, a lot, and a lot of us don't take the time out to do that. Um, the, one of the best res, um, examples that I can use that has worked from us, that has worked for us to overcome oppression from a group of people is the Haitian Revolution. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know about the Haitian Revolution of um, eighteen oh nine. Okay, I believe eighteen oh nine. I'm gonna take your word um, for it. So these group of people were being enslaved by the French, mm-hmm. and um, now Haiti at the time. I mean, we outnumbered those racists. Ugh. So let's say there's four hundred people on the plantation and damn near five people in the house. Mm-hmm. or five white people controlling all these hundreds of people. And so they use their religion. Now, this is what I'm cool with religion now. One of my teachers, uh, well, one of the guys that I I made my teachers, Dr. John Henry Clark, who dedicated his life to learning and sharing the knowledge of our history as a people, um, he said that religion... He, he, he's not talking about getting rid of them. He says that religion has to be used as a tool for liberation. And if you cannot use your, your religion to change your life in reality right now, right. For to free yourself in any condition, then that religion should be thrown in the trash. If you cannot use it to become financially wealthy, independent um, economically, um, education-wise, then it's useless. Mm-hmm. So 
in the Haitian Revolution, their religion was the ancient religion of voodoo. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that religion. They think it's some kind of witchcraft or some whatever. <laughs> of course, people are scared of things they don't understand. A guy like me chooses to understand. Mm -hmm. So, their spiritual system of voodoo has nothing to do with witchcraft. It's more of a spiritual system of connecting with nature. Okay. And so, these people said, we're tired of this. Mm -hmm. These are brutal slave owners. Brutal, right. because they picked sugarcane. And it was one of the most brutal um, crop picking. They have to, you know, swipe down. And these are these long tree-like right. plants. They're tree-like. Right. So right. It, the, it's brutal. And so production was hot because sugar was um, was a luxury in Europe. Mm -hmm. So production was, I mean, they dropped off about 100 slaves every week because they were killing them off so fast. So, of course, these people got tired of it. Um, there were a couple of leaders. Um, what's his name? Toussaint Levator, he was one of the first um, generals of the Haitian Revolution and their religion, Voodoo, what they did was they came together and they started poisoning the master's food mm -hmm. with these herbs that they knew about from nature. Mm -hmm. And these herbs, they did not kill you immediately because they knew that if they fed this man and he immediately died, something's going on. So they killed him very slowly, meticulously, mm -hmm. and the whole people were in on it. So also they would go to meetings. So you know how um, even in the 60s, when our black leaders would get together, they would break it up. They wouldn't allow them to communicate. What the Haitians did, they went into the alligator swamps because they knew when the alligators were going to be at its most hostile or whatever, mm -hmm. and they would plan their strategy to free themselves. So this is what their religion did. They knew the spirit of the nature right. of nature. They knew what it can do to us and what it can do to us. So they came together under one thing. That is an example that we could use today as a people. I mean, I wouldn't say come together under any type of religion i would say or any type of idea because we all have different ideas what i would recommend is us coming together under humanity mm. the one thing that connects everybody i don't care who you are what you look like that small right. ugly, i don't care right if you breathe oxygen exhale carbon dioxide mm. you are part of my family and the unfortunate so part about that I is, is see you getting hurt. Yeah. The unfortunate part about that is we still have people arguing, you know, who's human and who's not, who, you know what I'm saying? Like in the very core of like, it's, it should be that basic. It really is. You know what I'm saying? And we talking about whether that person has, you know, had, uh, did they deserve what they had going on? You know, they, they were this murderer. They was this, they was that everything that has nothing to do with humanity. So um, but right. yeah, that irks me. That right. irks yeah. me to the core because, and 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 a lot of people they they wonder why if you if you don't believe in God, where do you get your morality from? <laughs> I did not have to know a God to tell me not to kill my mama. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't have to know a God to know how it feels to be cheated and robbed mm-hmm. and to feel that that is wrong. Mm-hmm. And if I don't want it done to me, I don't want it done to nobody else. Mm-hmm. You will know. And so a lot of people have the misconception of where morality comes from. And morality is like... <laughs> morality is like an evolution. Uh-huh. It's like it evolved with us. Um, so just imagine us not having any morality in the early years of human history. Just uh-huh. imagine that. Would we even get to the point where we are now? Mm-hmm. If we ignored the crying baby, mm-hmm. would that crying baby even become an adult? Mm-hmm. We, we, um, we've evolved empathy, mm-hmm. learning to, um, to put ourselves in other people's position. Because us as humans, we are social species. Right. So I don't need an authority figure. You mm-hmm. don't need an authority figure mm-hmm. to tell you what's right and what's wrong it's kind of innate right now you might have situations where you might have to break down why this is wrong and how this is good or whatever the case but if somebody has to give you your your, your morality they can implant anything that they want mm-hmm. um i listened to my guy who he became very conscious uh david banner a lot of people know yeah. him. he yeah. says um david banner is amazing yeah i love I love David Banner. And he said, um, said something about giving your morality. Like, if somebody has to, this is what he said. I remember a little blank there. Mm-hmm. But he said, um, if you have a computer and that computer has a certain functions or whatever because of, uh, you know, it's man-made, it's put together, and that computer starts messing up. Are you going to blame the computer or are you going to blame the programmer? Mm-hmm. And of course, if I am a creation or whatever, and I'm giving it these rules and these laws and these things to do, and it starts messing up, then the only blame that can go to is the person that gave it that. So if you're getting your your morality or your way of judging things from a book that mm-hmm. tells you to treat treat non-believers as heathens, to judge people based off of just because he said so. Because mm-hmm. I said so is never a good reason to accept anything. Mm-hmm. Because I said so. I don't do that to my daughter today. My mama done it to me. Mm. And it was never an acceptable answer on the right. inside. Of right. course I accepted because that ass was going to get whooped. <laughs> but I was still like, well, I was still wonder why. Mm. <laughs> but it's like, so I don't go by authority. I go by understanding. Understanding is key. Mm. I go by clarity. Clarity is key because clarity also leads to understanding. And if I'm reading a book that I'm finna or following a religion or an idea that I'm living my life by that I'm not clear about, God damn, mm-hmm. I don't even have to wonder why my life fucked up. Mm-hmm. I know why my life fucked up. I'm doing something I don't even fucking know. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something I don't understand. I'm just doing it because I was right. raised to do it. Mm-hmm. It was my foundation. Right. And if I leave it, I feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I feel yeah. naked. Yeah. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't. 
it's See, this okay. Is, this is, it's okay. This is the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you because a lot of times, you know, when you when you say the stuff that you're saying, obviously I know there's a, you know, a reason behind what you're saying and a lot of people it's you know, their foundation. You're 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 having them question their foundation which makes them then cling to it and then begin to show acts of violence by saying you ain't shit or, you know, fuck you or whatever, you know, the, the Christian way is of insulting people. And, you know, I wanted to have this conversation with you because there is a deeper reason why you do what you do. I mean, you, and how old are you, Jason? <laughs> I'm 29. 29 years 29. old. I, I, at 29 years old, I, I promise you, the, the the level of knowledge that you just dropped on me, I didn't have that at all. And, you know, AJ ain't nothing but a number. I mean, Aaliyah taught that uh, to us in the song. But, right. you know, I, I think it's it's it comes from, you know, seeking, you know, uh, uh, seeking information, you know, trying to seek that information. And I think that's absolutely amazing. And I know you could probably go on and on and on. And I, pre- I like I'm, I'm I like it. I really do. Um, but I want to talk about something a little bit more whimsical, whimsical or, or a little bit more lighthearted, if it's okay with you. Um, so okay. you did talk about you being a barber. You were a barber since you were 10 years old. How did you get into um, becoming a barber? Well, um, ooh. I can't really tell you, man. The earliest memories I have of not me being barber, but getting my hair cut. Mm-hmm. That's where I have to start because that's where I remember it from. Um, so you were one of them kids that like getting their haircuts? Say what? You were one of them kids that like getting your haircut? Hell no. Oh, okay. Because I was about to say. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no that wasn't me. But I will tell you, when I was two years old, I saw my dad cutting my grandfather's hair. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking. And I remember I was two years old just standing at the door of the bathroom just... Like, wow, mm-hmm. hair falling off. Wow, yeah. And then, I guess later on, early elementary, I used to get my hair cut by my uncles. And it wasn't, I didn't enjoy it, but it was always intriguing. Mm-hmm. Like and how then, I guess, around 9, 10 years old, I started fucking, well, not before that, i say around 7. I started fucking with my mom's razor. Mm-hmm. I got my mom razor. <laughs> about it uh, mm-hmm. aspect about it I have a lot of artists in my family um, right. 
predominant artist. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the side, that side come from because it was just like drawing. I love to draw. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I was a drawing fiend in school, especially elementary school. Mm-hmm. I even won a, um, a art contest. I don't know if you remember Accelerated Reader. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old you are, but I don't know if you remember Accelerated Reader. Mm-hmm. There was a, um, a contest to yeah. where you would just have to design a shirt, a t-shirt, and that was the first thing I won anything in my life. You know wow. how you always put in yeah. uh, um, little uh, raffle tickets and you never win nothing? Right. That's how I was at that time. Mm-hmm. And then when I won it... I'm I still that like, way, actually. That, that hasn't changed easy. for me. Yeah, and it was easy to me. Right. I was like, I didn't even put any effort into right. drawing that. And I won. And oh my gosh, mm-hmm. when I figured out cutting hair was almost just like art... Mm. It was like easy. So I got good fast and then I figured out designs, mm. drawing, mm. and hair. Mm. Oh my gosh, my mind just blew. And then it was like I just kept getting good fast. Middle school, people are begging me, stop cutting your hair. I mean, I'll mess my hair up, line up, be <laughs> all the way back there. They'd be like, stop cutting your hair. I'll take you to the barbershop. And I'm like, no, I want to do it. Right, right, <laughs> and right. And eventually it went that. To, hey can you cut my hair mm-hmm. or I would just go asking people I used to pay people like bro I will pay you five dollars just please let me cut your hair please wow and it just went from there to people asking me so mm-hmm. it went from I guess from from eighth grade to about ninth grade I was cutting the local people for like five dollars here five dollars there um and then I think when I was like 16, one of my friends said, man, you should go to the barbershop and try Mm -hmm. to work down there. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. So I gathered up enough courage to go down there. I talked to the owner and he actually gave me a shot. He said, well, you can bring bring a client and um, and give him a haircut in front of me and Mm -hmm. and I'll judge you that way. So I cut him and he looked at it. He was like, "Okay, you're pretty good. Gave me a start date. Let me cut hair for free until. I think I graduated. No, I think until I turned 18. Yes, okay. he let me cut hair for two years. Right. And believe me, I needed that two years. Because, mm-hmm. boy, <laughs> you're talking about sitting in a shop for a week right. and not getting one haircut. Right. Oh, my gosh. But this thing about being a barber, it takes time and patience and opportunity. Mm-hmm. All you need is that one haircut. For somebody else to see that haircut and say, wow, Mm -hmm. I want that done too. Mm -hmm. Boom. There goes your next one. Right. Word of mouth, your own promotion. I mean, it takes time and effort. And that's why I feel like I was born into my destiny without knowing it because it was not a life. It wasn't easily given to you. Right, right. It was just for fun. Right. It was just, wow, this is fun. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the NBA basketball player like 90% of black boys in the world right now. Mm-hmm. I was dead set on going to the NBA. But in the meantime, I was just having fun. But while having fun, I was preparing myself for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And it, it allowed me to survive during times where young men like me wouldn't survive. I started going in a barbershop at 16. At 17, my mama gave me her last thousand dollars and said, son, go put your name in, in all of these bills. Light bill, when put my name, gas, uh, everything. And so at 17, a hobby 
allowed me to take care of a responsibility that a young man like me, you know, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But it was like, wow, I get to show my mom I'm a man now. I'm going to pay these bills and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I just had that tool because, you know, people like me who aren't blessed with knowing how to make money on their own, they're scrambling. I got to hustle. I got to make the wrong decision. I got to probably go work at McDonald's and be miserable mm-hmm. and just to get, you know what I'm saying about it. But luckily or I don't even want to say luckily, but I just had enough curiosity and love for the thing that I do. And subsequently, that could make me money. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and when I study successful people, they always tell you, do the thing that you love. I don't give a fuck what it is. You can be a fisherman. Mm -hmm. Monetize it. Because when you do that, you're going to do your best. It's going to be effortless almost. And it's going to give you the best results as in financial um your inner happiness and so being a barber it just it, i'm i'm still having fun from when i'm 10 years old wow i'm still having fun and i'm just taking care of my daughter i'm paying my bills i'm i'm thriving i'm growing i'm learning mm-hmm. i've traveled my clippers have taken me places that my mother couldn't wow. i remember growing up i've always wanted to go in an airplane and my mama would always say well, one day on your birthday, I'm going to get you an airplane ride from Birmingham to Atlanta Aww. just to give you the experience. Mm-hmm. Never could because we couldn't afford it. And I got a call one day, man. These guys were having the East Coast versus West Coast barber battle. The best people from the East Coast versus the best people from the West Coast, they come together and have a, um, a design battle. And they picked me and flew me out to New Jersey. That was my Aww. first time on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, it gave me such a spiritual sensation that the church could never give me. I'm finna cry right now. Oh, like, wow. Because wow. that feeling of accomplishment, that feeling of finally living a life that I dreamed of, and I'm doing it based off of just having fun with these clippers, just doing what I love. And it's like, wow, the end, that's a part of spirituality. Turning something from your brain into the real into the real world is the most spiritual thing you can do. Turning dreams into reality. And when I did that, living life is my religion. Accomplishments is my religion. Loving the right people is my religion. Disliking the right people is my religion. Balance. Everything has to be balanced. And I mean, oh my gosh, it's so liberating. It's mm-hmm. so liberating. Mm-hmm. And I want to share that with everybody. I think that's where I get my passion from because right. I feel like, man, a lot of people are in destitute and they don't they don't know the things I know, first of all, because they're in this binding thing called religion that is not allowing them to love themselves enough to know the power that they have them themselves to change their lives. I mean, I might not believe in an outside God, but I do believe in God, but Mm. it's me. When I look in that mirror, I'm looking at the only person that can change my life. I have a question for you. No, I can't hear you. I just, I was checking something. I have a question for you. So what do your friends and family think? You know, someone who, who, um, you know, have, I hate to say, because I don't think that you have given up on religion. 
You know what I'm saying? Or not giving up, I'm sorry, but wrong choice of words. But that's not your main motivation. How do your family and friends accept the idea behind, you know, that? Do they try to, you know, say, hey, man, you need to, you know, for us, let's go to church or whatever. Like, how do they how do they do that? Or what do they how do they handle that? Oh, man, that is a good that's a good question. And it's a funny story behind that question, because um, (laughs) (laughs) when I knew that I was getting some notoriety, but behind the words that were coming out of my mouth is when I got a call from one of my friends, one of my um, he's a God brother of mine. Shout out to Josh, God Mm -hmm. brother. And he kind of questions the same way that I question. He might not be on the level, but his they're on the same, almost on the same footing. And when he told me that he went to church, when he came back home and went to church with the family who goes to the same church I come from, and said that the preacher, so you know how everybody comes up to the um, pulpit, hold hands and do the prayer. He said that the preacher was preaching about me, was praying about me specifically, saying that he hopes that I come to God or whatever. You must have a small church. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. Go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on stance on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choices to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make plans to vote early or on election day. This election matters. Make sure you have a plan to vote and vote informed. Local elected officials affect our lives every day. They decide who to prosecute, monitor the quality of our drinking water, and choose the leadership of our schools. Go to BallotReady.org and enter your address to make a plan to vote and vote informed. He didn't come talk to me first. Mm. He didn't ask me anything. Matter of fact, you are a new pastor. My, the, who, um, who the preacher was when I left is not the same preacher was who prayed for me. Mm. So you haven't even talked to me, sir. So it's just crazy that somebody, and then, so that's when I knew right then that my words have, have touched somebody. Right. So I'm just guessing that it was one of my family members who talked to this guy and asked him to pray for me Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so my family, they tell me, they used to tell me, they don't tell me no more, but they used to tell me to calm down or you don't say that or Mm -hmm. you're running a business now. So watch what you say. Yeah. And I being a conscious person, mm-hmm. you have to give me a good enough reason mm-hmm. in order to dictate anything to me. I bet arguments are important. I bet be so you can't have no argument with you, huh? No, you can. It's uh-huh. just that the reasoning has to be so right, good right, and right. so compelling mm-hmm. that it changes my mind. Right, right, right. right. Because... And because people would dislike me, because people would judge me, that's not compelling enough for me to shut up. <laughs> you got to give me some good reason. You got to give me somebody is going to get hurt or anything like that. That's that's what you got. You can't give me fear tactics. 
Fear tactics will get you will get Nowhere. scary people to yes. move any way that they want them to. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. And I'm not I'm not scared. So mm. but I do try to talk to them. I talk to my mother, me and my mom have good debates, good mm. Mm. good talks, and I love it because mm. it, it brings us closer. Mm. I'm exposing her to things that she never knew. Mm. I'm empowering her, empowering her about the power of the black woman. Um yeah. how they're the closest things to God mm-hmm. on this earth. Yeah. And because you have been downtrodden and looked down upon for mm-hmm. so long let me give you something that the church doesn't give you right. because the church will place you as a second class human mm-hmm. under men when really you are above every human on this planet see we don't birth women women don't come from us mm-hmm. we women birth women and men mm-hmm. men don't birth nothing mm-hmm. so I love learning these things, especially about women that I didn't know in the, you know, I used to be the same person to look down on people I didn't understand, women, gay people, mm-hmm. um, gothics, mm-hmm. weirdos, mm-hmm. whatever the case. I used to be that person. My brother's gay. My, mm-hmm. I shared a room with him my whole, until he went to college. Mm-hmm. When he told me, when he finally came out, I cried. Mm-hmm. I cried. I don't know if it was because I didn't I knew I liked him you're my brother I don't know if I can I can't just turn that off right but I was more because I used to fight when people would talk about him mm-hmm. he's gay blah 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 they come calling him names and shit and like I would want I would fight and then I'm because I'm saying no he's not no right. he's not mm-hmm. but then when he told me he was mm-hmm. it was like Oh my gosh, what have I been fighting for? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I viewed it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. My brother is a human being who is who the fuck he is. is. Mm-hmm. There is nothing. I mean, it's just like being a racist in my eyes now that I'm conscious about it. Right. I, I mean, you're born that way. I mean, I remember when I was in in uh, kindergarten and there's this uh, neighborhood known gay guy named Jordan mm-hmm. shout out to Jordan cool with me I got no problem with him but you're five years old showing signs of femininity mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with sex right. that has nothing to do with penetration anything right. so you cannot tell me that a young child is showing signs of him being naturally himself just being himself Mm -hmm. and that is a choice being made no so now i'm not judging you based on a choice you made i'm not judging you at all right that's who you are and i love you because you are breathing human being you are just a human and if as long as you're not hurting me hey if as long as you're not affecting my life hey carlo how are you and as long as you're not affecting other human beings, then it should be all love. This motherfucker. The only time we should stop somebody from doing something that they want mm-hmm. is when it harms other people. And as long as it doesn't harm other people, 
Sit your ass down. This motherfucker has been dropping knowledge. Like, I thought I was pretty damn wide open. <laughs> I was not ready for the level of where we have gone in this conversation. So I am extremely excited. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you the gift of time because we're going to have to continue this conversation, like, long term. So I would love to have you back yeah. on as a guest. Absolutely. Like, it's not even a yeah. question. Like, it's... It, the, ne the next time is when. When are we going to be able to do it? But um, I appreciate you. This has definitely been an eye-opener for me because you done put some things in my head that I didn't necessarily think about, and I appreciate that. Anytime anybody can intrigue me in that way, and I knew it was something about you. I was like, I need to get this young man on because he he's going to he's gonna show me some stuff. When, when I saw you at her funeral... I think that's when I came, that when I approached yeah. you, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I introduced myself. And that was because she shared a connection with you. I mm -hmm. knew nothing about you. I didn't even know you until I saw your y'all's connection mm -hmm. online. Yeah. And I was like, man, when my friend is gone, I have got to connect to every single body that she knows. Mm -hmm. Now, some of us have connected where it stayed and some of us connected where it hasn't. Mm -hmm. But I have a part of her. Right. And so I appreciate you for even befriending me yeah. because now I have a part of Delana mm -hmm. that is going to Aww. remember. Aww. Cool. Thank you for having me. No, absolutely. You finna, you finna make me... I, I ain't trying to do that right now. Yeah, we got her here. <laughs> Can you see her? Oh, yeah. 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 A-B-S-D-S. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and... Um, uh, in, end it here and i'm gonna again i tell you thank you um everybody listen to this episode 50 million times because you're gonna get some knowledge dropped on you that is just you know you're not ready for and it's good conversation and not once jason did i ever feel like it was uh okay um did i ever feel like it was like you were putting me down in terms of what i believed and you was just like hey i get what you're saying but this is another alternative and i appreciate that um thank you and everybody, you know where you can find me, Spotify, Podcast, uh, Google, and uh, Apple. So don't forget to subscribe, like, share, comment, all of that fun stuff, and keep this conversation going um, because it's a good one. And uh, thank you again, Jason. Keep your head up, my man. Um, I don't believe you're 28 years old. Um, <laughs> and your daughter and your girlfriend and your family members are... Um, you know, they are, uh, they're blessed to have you in their life. Um, so I appreciate that. And um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. Um, let me stop this real quick and I'll tell you.